everyone, welcome to this week's edition of How We Are The Toddcast. This is Ross from RGX Media speaking, and I'm with my co-host, Michael Briggs. How are you doing, Michael? I'm all right. It feels like it's been a while since you've been on your glad rags and holidays, haven't you? So, um, first off, how was it? Oh, man, it was, uh, it was it come at the right time. Just a, an ideal break uh, without its uh, challenges. The usual uh, arrive in the rooms, not the best. Great. We'll have to com- complain and get that switch. But uh, apart from that, once that was sorted, it was uh, going at the floor of the holiday and it was just great uh, to get some downtime, really. But as typical, especially with football stuff, players signing and all sorts, and you're away from your computer and your photography stuff, you feel like you're just having to sit back and all that take care yeah. where you can't get involved. So, well, but yeah, it came at the right time, but uh, nice to be back and uh, get back into the swing of things uh, for the season going ahead there. You've timed it well. Like, you know, we seem to have uh, suddenly seem to have announcing sign-ins and uh, fixtures came out today and all sorts of going on. You've timed it perfect. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I say, touching on the, um, the fact that the fixtures coming out today, um, some, I mean, I think the first game, Timing's probably not the best at a five five o'clock kickoff. But, no. Uh, well, I cast me eye over the fixtures earlier. I think if we can get off to a good start, I think we'll be we'll be laughing like. But uh, but it's not going to be. You know, it's like it's never easy with Sunderland. It's never like every straight forward. I was I already had us down like the first four games. There's twelve points straight away. You know? Aye, but, aye. But, uh, but no, no, we'll probably be zero. But I've all faith in the uh, the lads to pull the results around, especially if we get a few more bodies in and then. Go from there, really. Tell you what, the signings that we've made, I'm really impressed. Not, I'm not used to having signings come through before pre-season. It's unheard of. It's so yeah. unheard of. <laughs> it's like it's it's so weird to think that we've got like um, like a structure and plan in place. I think that's probably why it's so alien to us, where we used to have everything done last minute or the odd panic buy here and there, or you know, it's just it's just so refreshing to be like getting business done this early and we're still haven't really like scratched the surface of who we may want to bring in um well there's talks of people going out uh, but the idea of new players coming in freshen it up and then see what can really give it a good go this season off the back of such a, a successful campaign last year yeah i think um if any if last season's anything to go by i think we're going to be all right but it has to be i feel it has to be a promotion push I, i'm not asked if it's automatic or playoffs again one way or another as long as we get up i'd take playoffs because of the money really um because everyone might think oh not go up like not gonna go up automatically yeah like you can win it but we've won it before it'd be a great accomplishment and it last season would have been even better if we did it first time i was asking but i wasn't quite comfortable going up first time um i wanted to sit back and just like you know let the team settle because we've got a young side there's that meme of every time an under twenty one star gets released, someone's they have someone puts a meme of like we'll sign him. So uh, I'm just yeah cautious about how we do if we do it this if I was cautious last season for doing it. Um, but if we go up this season, I, you know it'd be fantastic. But for me, I don't care how we we'll go up. If we we'll go up, we we'll go up. Yeah, I mean I think it's that that again that alien feeling where we've. In the seasons gone by, you'd be kind of panicking with having like an average age squad of like what 29, 30 of just you know, people players coming towards the end of their careers. Where it's so again refreshing to have players like 18, 19, 20, 21 in that bracket where you think 
they gave such a good goal last season that you kind of it's still going to be a game going this season I think we've still got a, this, the team's such a young age mm-hmm. um, and that season under the belt will do the world of good and knowing what we're going to go into um, next season it's just it's pure excitement for like you know you can't really see that for a long time for some of the fans <laughs> so the idea of going into the new season with you know still haven't even still a long time June you know it's still got yeah. a long time for a you know, the players to come back and get up to speed and stuff. But it's just, again, I think it's, it's a really exciting time, especially it's going to be even, this league so even gets more challenging every year. But I think we'll give it a good go. But again, I think the club might have learned from mistakes of not getting certain bodies in to push on. Obviously, injuries are having help. But hopefully they'll learn from that and then we can give it a really good go. Oh, God, all I care about is when Tony Mowbray gets confirmed. Because I don't think he actually has been confirmed as manager yet, has he? I... I don't think so, man. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, as, of, as of now, um, I think there was um, at that fixtures uh, reveal the day, I believe um, it was confirmed that he's still on holiday at this moment. So I think it's, I think he is going to be potentially taking the reins. But um, I mean, for me, if he's there going into this season, then I'm, I'm over the moon because I think, you know, I think he's deserved it. He's warranted it. Yeah. Um, some challenges last season, but I think. There's no other person I probably want in at this time, you know, to take on these existing squad he's got, knows the lads, and then just see him, see him push on from there. God, I hope we keep him like, because he's like, he's like, he's like the fun granddad that you you, you love. You just grow, grow attached to dead easily. Like if he left, I think I'd, I'd be a broken man. I mean, we think the replacements that they were tethered. I don't again, I'm not privy to like anything but obviously there was talks of some I don't know if it was some Italian manager or something potentially coming in oh. a young manager and um you know there's always like speculation and stuff but I was kind of like well you know I'm not saying more brazen the same like mold or ilk as like or a, like a Savile Dice or a Peter Reed type of thing manager is but he's got that like you know he's from the northeast and he's, he's got that kind of connection he knows what people are about up here where I think when you're bringing someone else from the outside of that, I don't know if it'll work in this like, particular part of yeah. the world, but I'm all for it. I think obviously that's the, the, the way they want to go then, you know, it'll just a case of, well, we'll have to wait and see. But for me, if, if more Bristol in charge go to this season, I'd be more than happy. Oh, yeah, me too. I think all this work's been penned around him, so I'm kind of I'm hopeful that he's just going to stay on because you wouldn't say these kind of players if there wasn't an end goal in terms of keeping Tony on board. Because let's face it, when we were, you know, when he came on, and even me myself, I, I was very like, "Oh, dinosaur! We don't need another dinosaur through the doors." And he proved me wrong, and I held my hands up and thought, "You know what? I'll shut your mouth, mouth closed," because he's proved me wrong. And I, I'm probably not the only one that thought that. No, I mean you're right. I mean I wasn't when I, but when he was confirmed, I wasn't particularly like, "Oh, shut off the roof, going on. Great, we've got him in." It was kind of like right. It's a situation we're in. Um, the way Alex Neil left wasn't the best, I'll be honest. Um, and to see Mowbray come in, I was always a big question mark, thinking, "Oh, is it? Is it just going to be like a stopgap thing?" But we've played some of the best football I've seen over the years. Without a shadow, like just giving the, the young lads the free flow, and it, um, you know, some games haven't been the best, but probably more our home form, if anything. But overall. You know, with the the team about to make shift towards the back end of the season, some of the games you just like having to sit back and just applaud and just the football was like amazing at times. Again, some of the best I've ever seen for for the club. So if he say as I said, he's going to be doing that again with new bodies coming in, you kind of complain really. 
I know it's um, it was almost exhausting to watch some of these games, wasn't it? Which um, that was nice. I thought I'd do as a little segue. What do you think about this episode being about exhaustion, being burnt out? This is episode three, so I think we'll talk about that. What do you think? Yeah, I think we've um, we've both had our own personal challenges with regards to burnout and the stress that comes with it. Because you see it from from the outside, and people just think, "Oh, like, again, yeah, that scene you just press a button on the camera. Why could you be so like bogged down with all that?" I think it's the like the, the the passion you put into this um, into this gig. It's like you want everything to, you know, to be all rosy and all good, but there's times where you have to come up with certain obstacles, whether it's self-doubt or whether you can see yourself doing a particular, like overcoming a particular challenge. It's, it, it's, it kind of a real drain on the brain when you, um, especially if it's someone who's putting the trust in you to deliver something. Yeah. Um, it's just, there's so many different factors like out, outside like interference, whether it's, you know, people have either been negative to you and they think you can't do this or, there's just so many things that come with a burnout. So, I mean, to start off for yourself, for your personal experience, has there been any like definitive moment where you've just completely crashed, or was there? Have you, have you you're kind of going through it now, or is the season finished that you're kind of having a bit of a break from any burnouts? Or I mean, you're the best, probably the best person to speak about, yeah. Um, I've I've had it a couple of times where I've um. I've put my foot on the gas and that's all down in experience. Now I'm more experienced to know when to say yes and when to say no to so many yeah. things. Um, there's a couple that come to spring to mind and one was when I was cutting my teeth with a, a company called Vingo Sport. And about this is about 10, yeah, about 10, eight or 10 years ago. And it was the cross country slash indoor athletic season or track and field, depending on where you're listening from. <clears throat> and I was all in for athletics. I was doing athletics then, uh, when I was in my 20s. Uh, my wife at the time was doing athletics as well. So it was kind of like an athletics environment. And I've always want. I had this stupid idea, like put, because uh, no one was doing it in the Northeast to like film events and put them onto YouTube basically. And, and you know, like bring BBC Sports almost to the Northeast. And I put it out there on Twitter and a guy uh, called Matthew Quine who, um, I don't really speak to him anymore. It's sad because I got quite close to him as a friend. He was a really great friend and really put, like, what he gave us in terms of memories, I'll not forget. Like, you know, watching Usain Bolt, like, walk right in front of us, literally within, like, a couple of feet. That was incredible. Um, interviewing athletes I never thought I'd ever interview. Like, it was just nuts. And getting to know professional athletes and Olympic champions and, like, talking to them on Twitter and text messages was just, was bananas. But, there was one day when um, I started, it was a Friday, I started at Sheffield, did, I think it was the Northern Champs, Northern Indoor Champs, so I had to film that, um, then I had to hot foot it up to Scotland on a train, um, got, lit, got there late, and then I had to cover the Scottish Cross Country Championships, then I had to hot foot it back um the next day i think it was back down to sheffield or birmingham to cover the i think it was the indoor championship british indoor championships um and when i got to monday i didn't take any time off from work i was done and uh i, I woke up i think that monday was like it felt like you'd hit by a bus and then some more 
Like the mm. bus had stopped and then kept going backwards and forwards to run you over a couple more times. <laughs> it wasn't that wasn't great, and that was something I learned quite quickly to be like, you can't do this every weekend, even if it's an athletic season. You can't do it like mentally and physically. You can't do it. It's exhaustion. It's exhaustion. Um, and it was exhausting because like when I was at work, I, you know, you'd make silly mistakes, which you like, you, you know, you get your your collar felt if you make a mistake and stuff like that at work, and so. I kind of like just said, you know, I'm not going to do that again if that's okay to Matt. And he was great. He was like, fine, no, that's understandable. I, I didn't, you know, didn't make the point in that kind of position. Um, do you just want to focus on the major events? Which was great. Um, another time with a burnout was, um, I think it was when I was covering Jarrah Roofing where I went and covered a, like a an awards evening. And then the next day I was covering a match. And then the same night I went to go and cover the boxing. Um, and again, I got to Monday and I was just completely nagged. Um, and again, I thought I learned from my mistakes then, but clearly not because I was just too hyped up from the boxing, like the trying to put everything together on a Sunday and trying to get a debt, trying to meet a, a deadline. And it was just, it was real hard work. And even when you said mention the Morpeth things, I don't really think I've had much of a burnout with Morpeth, to be honest with you. Uh, for me, Morpeth allow it, allow me to breathe a bit mm. um for for me it's it's just you know knowing now like you know a 10 years worth of experience almost of like getting around and trying to do things and being a yes man uh to now like kind of you know you know I'm, I'm 34 which i know it's no age these days but if you think for the stuff that we do and how we have to cover it and how we have to edit it and have to put it together and spend time doing this and you know, then there might be deadlines there might be not um you know clients might expect work to be done like that when you know it's not their fault that they don't really know but that's the mindset you mentioned they just you know you think you just press a button and record and that's it it's edited in there and then hmm. for me that's that's more with hasn't been like that hasn't been like that at all um i'm actually quite fortunate but i would imagine if you come across any burnout on your end since you've been doing this i mean just like <clears throat> follow on just as you're finishing there it's kind of You've seen you taking all this kind of like work on whether it's for clients or whatever, but you're probably the same as me. When you've got still like a full time job that covers the majority of your work and week, you're kind of doing this really in your spare time, whether it's evenings or a weekend. Um obviously it depends on your shift pattern works. But for me it's like I'll work in eight till four, Monday to Friday. So really any time that I do have spare that I'm not either with my son or spending time with your girlfriend. It's like, you know, any time during the week I do have free, I'm focusing on purely on the craft of this to try and get better, whether it's again, watching YouTube videos or reading anything or just getting better with the camera, getting out there. Like the time to separate like your family and work life to make time free to squeeze in the football, squeeze in other projects, it's like, it can be overwhelming at times and there has been i think over the past year more so where i've not so much said yes i'll take anything on it's been there's been some times where i've took a bit too much on for one person to kind of handle yeah um, and it's kind of getting that it's a, such a, a fine line such a, a balancing act where you think there's been times where i've took a lot of stuff on and i'm thinking god i'm like, sleep sitting awake at night because my mind's just playing overdrive thinking 
right, I need to finish this project or I've got this one coming up tomorrow. Or I need to get this one finished. How do you, is, which one do you prioritize? All that kind of goes on. But then there's the flip side of that where for a couple of weeks it may go quiet, where there's nights where I'm desperate for like just a couple of nights a week just to relax and chill out. But then you get those nights and you're sitting there going, I should be doing something. Like the creative mind's going, you could be using this free time. You could be out around the city doing street stuff. You could be doing something with the cars. You could be doing anything linked with the football side of it. So it's that. It's just it's a never-ending cycle. But it's 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 easy to fall down into that hole of being just totally like wasted. Where you just there has been times where I just think you know it's not worth this. It's not worth the the stress on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> All the projects that comes with it. Don't get us wrong. It does open a lot of doors and you can have so much fun doing it. But there's been times where when it hasn't gone as right, you just do you do question yourself, like what the motive, why you're doing this? Like is is it all where it, you think it's going to be? And you do end up being even more exhausted, especially having to go back into your normal, you know, working life. Because yeah. um, I think if you had if this was like a full time gig doing this, um where you had so much more time to do with at least a guaranteed income in, you'd have, I think you'd probably a bit more peace out because you could be going with your flow. You don't have to focus, you know, seven hours a day editing all this, that, and the other. You could <clears throat> mix your wig up with having that extra free time. But there's been, um, yeah, a lot of instances where it's just been too overwhelming. You just think, like, you can't have a, you can end up crashing from this and having a serious toll on your mental and physical health. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think you know, when you when you mentioned the mental health aspect, like you, you you've said it as well. Like you go through the, you you put your head through the mill where you're just thinking, do I want to do this? Like, is it if I want to do this professionally? Like, this is not doing my head any any good whatsoever. Like you're you're sitting, you're doing an edit, and you're you're forcing the creative stuff. And I always feel if you force it, then just walk away for a bit. Um, for, and and you, you you go to bed and you you are you you your brain's turning. And obviously your eyes are hurting from the light from your computer um, and your phone because you'll be sitting scrolling on your phone, which is the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And, you you know, you're going through like TikTok thinking, I need some ideas, some inspiration. Or you go on Instagram reels and you, I need some inspiration from somewhere. And then before you know it, your alarm goes off. You've had about two hours sleep and you feel like shit. Um, and you come back to the edit and it's still no good. And, and you, you, you do sit and think, I, I can't be bothered to do this anymore. Like, I've got better things to do in my life. I'd rather sit and watch TV or go and play golf or go for a walk or um, spend time with the kids, you know, um, or go walk my dog, do you know what I mean? Or go here, there and the other. And, excuse me. Um, but you do kind of just give your head a bit of a wobble and be like, no, no, just give it a day or so and then come back to it and everything's a bit better. I think it's too easy mentally to just like let it take over you where, you know, I think... I would imagine if, like, the more weddings you do, I think that kind of pressure kind of dials up a little bit. I think if you do, like, yourself, or you do, like, one or two a year where you kind of got that ample space to just, like, focus on one then have a massive gap to refresh and do something in between and then go back to another, I think that's quite healthy. But I, I can't imagine doing, like, back-to-back-to-back-to-back weddings. That, that You know, the thought of that just makes us shudder and just, you know, it makes me, me rest and heart rate double a little bit. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, mean, I think with um, just again with you touching briefly about the weddings thing, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, that one video I've done, like the preview video, which we talked about in the previous episode, um, go back if you haven't listened to it, by the way. Absolutely, yes. <clears throat> Obviously, done the package, 
like that uh, uh, highlight video, the smaller one, sent off to the couple. They were, it was kind of that sitting waiting to hear their response sort of thing. So it's like, is they're going to be happy with it or whatever. But they came back absolutely buzzing with it. They said like, oh, it was a, such a quick turnaround time over the moon. Can't wait to see the, um, like the full thing. So that's kind of give me like the, again, the, 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 the worry, the burnout thinking about putting too much into this and it's being too overwhelming where have that release where you think, oh, at least they're, they're very happy with that. Mm. And then oh, the, the full video is going to be more playing ceiling because you've done quite a bit of the highlights thing. Everything else you kind of fall in the sink now where I don't feel I have to be like, right, I've got to get this done like now. I can go with my own pace. Now I've got at least a couple of extra weeks now to get that finished rather than think I've got to spend one full day and hours at a time editing on one project rather. I can spread that. So that's kind of the plus side of, you know, not having that pressure on the time. But the other challenge, as I say, with, um, it's been times where you see you take on too many projects um, thinking, you know, other people, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? And you're like, yeah, I'll give it a go. What, what can't I'm going to do? And then there's like, you wake up like two or three in the morning, even though you're thinking you're asleep and you're like, you check your phone to see what time it is. Think, oh, I barely had any sleep. And lo and behold, it's only one in the morning. And you, because you can't, like, you've said it yourself there, yeah, most of you come off your computer, you're on your phone most of the time, checking Instagram, see what's what's new, what's the latest thing, what's the latest shots people have got around like, the Northeast, or what's the latest sports news. If not on that, you're the social media. You're just like a never-ending cycle. It's um, it's not good. Yeah, no. I've noticed I've probably been a lot more on technology side of this in the past year or two compared to how I've been previously. It's probably uh, not good. But then it's, it's again, it's like if you're stagnant, you see I'm having a break from it, things can really take off in the space of a week, which I realised while I was on holiday, like checking back home to see, you know, by the... I mean, I didn't have to do like any posters for the library no, thing. It's just kind of they think, oh, players are coming in. I'm, I'm, I could be doing this as like something proactive, but I really should be having downtime, having chill, just enjoying myself while I'm away. But it's like anything, if you stand still too late, you're going to get like kind of left behind anywhere. So the creative mind's constantly going all the time to think, right, what can you do next? Yeah. What can you... It's it's just a, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the challenge that comes with it, unfortunately. It is it, it that is part and parcel of what we do. Um, I think it's it is draining, it is stressful, but at the same time, it is so rewarding, especially yeah. when you you think you're going through a burnout where you know from experience, like with anything in life, when it comes to this work, even in life in general, you, you know you make you have to make mistakes to learn from them. Um, and I think both of us have done that in some capacity, whether it's like like major or minor. But when it comes to dealing with it, what have you got any like coping mechanisms, or how do you avoid it? Like, is it is it a case of just like putting the laptop down for a couple of weeks, the camera away for a couple of weeks, and going for a full reset, or do you just if you if you got like an iffy feeling where it's like I don't I'm I've got a bad feeling about this person or gig, how do you can you deal with it? I think um, <clears throat> for me, it's it's been like um, over the past year and a bit, I was kind of like just foot to the floor just <clears throat> burn it all cylinders just to try and as much do as much as i can to fill any like free time i had but it was like it felt like periods where i was just like 
you know, you go to work, you come home, you spend time with your son, then the next day it's like, right, go to work, right, full focus on going, just go out with the camera to get better at it, or if there's a particular project, then over the course of that week, it's trying to fill all those free, like, time for gaps to spend on with your partner, or, you know, just make sure you've got a full working week, to the point where I was, like, going, I don't have, like, just time where I can just switch off, whether it's to, you know, watch a particular TV series, or... You know, it just felt as if I was just on the go coming in and eventually carrying your gear and all that. It's going to take its toll where you just feel like, you know, sometimes you might get a decent night's kit, but you're always still waking up, just so tired. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't, like, you're always, like, forward planning, thinking, what what's next? What am I, kind of, what am I going to, like, sink my teeth into next? You know, it's... Um, but I found over the past, say, six months or so, Prior to that, I was going out virtually any every night if I had any free time, taking me cameras with us everywhere, traveling, like whether it's around the city or whatever, just in case we'll have a decent sunset or there's a particular point of interest I might want to get the draw up for. Um, but I've noticed now, since I've kind of not been doing as much like street or landscape stuff, it's been more focused more on the football side of things. Yeah. With the season being over, it's kind of like I haven't had the same drive to want to get up at like four in the morning to go and chase a sunrise or, you know, it's then more down to if I can be really bothered to now where it's pretty, I just felt as if any free time, I've got to be out somewhere. I've got to be getting photos for social media or I've got to be seen as busy where now it's not so much. I don't have that same urge where say for tonight it could be like a red sky i could be looking at it and going oh, it'd be great to be a like pension monument for example with the drone but i'm just looking at it now and think yeah there's going to be another sky like that and this could be tomorrow it could be the next week i'll just wait for that time comes where i feel like i can be really bothered rather than just force it you know yeah no i, I know exactly i mean I, i'm I'm, I, I'm going through the exact same patch you're going through right now exactly the same patch the football like the football's completely wrote me in um and now that's not there until next month at least, early next month. Mm. It's like I've got nothing to fill the void. And I, I even tried to get out last week or the week before with the drone and my camera at the quarry at, at, uh, in South Shields just to yeah. get some drone shots, to get some shots in general of a sunset. I mean, it was gorgeous sunset. Like, it was just, it was worth it. I was proud that I got out, but I just didn't, I really had to force myself out. If you know what I mean, like I really had to press the button and be like, I got down, sat on my chair. And normally that's the cutoff point where it's like, once I've sat down, that's it. Unless I'm going to run club or go to the driving range, I have absolutely no interest in leaving the, this flat for the rest of the evening. And now that that night, I really had to push myself. And I'm glad I did because the views were, were brilliant. Um, I still, But the thing is, I've got photos to edit still. I just don't have that motivation where if it was a football match and you might be the same year, as soon as you get back home, that's the first thing you need to do. Get that photo, get Lightroom fired up, get Photoshop um, fired up, get the, get the shots out as quick as possible, ride that engagement, ride the creativity process and then do it all again next week. You're bang on me. It's like, it's obviously coming back from the games I covered, if I wasn't literally editing as soon as I got back in the press room after the game, it was like, say, there was times where I'd have been, I'd be going out on the Saturday night with my girlfriend locally for a few drinks, and um, 
just telling me, oh, I won't be back till about eight, nine o'clock. And I'm like, great. Like, take as much time as you need. So I'm like, <laughs> fucking excited to look forward to taking, you know, editing all the shots you've got from a game. Where previously, as I see it, there would be times where you can, it's just weird where some days you go, I think tonight could be a potentially be a good sunset with all these clouds. Not that I'm saying an expert on cloud oh God, or I, yeah. or anything. I can see you, kind of, you look at it going, it's going to be, and I know for a fact, and I haven't got my gear. So you think you're, you're doing that mad dash across the city, you get home, get your kids and head straight back out, and you're just chasing the sunset, the panic, and you know you get stuck behind learner drivers and all sorts. It's that aggravating challenge where now I'm kind of like, if I can be really bothered to go out now, and even so, when you've done so much of like the city where certain landscape points, and you've done it to kind of death, you're like, you'll go back down and think, oh, I'm up for doing it, but then you'll, you think, oh, I've already covered this angle, or what else could I do to make it look better? And I just don't have that same drive as much compared to how I was when I started, especially with like the landscape side of things. Yeah. But, but then there's, you'll come across the various groups on Facebook or whatever, you'll see someone who's, you know, relatively new or you're aware of and they'll post a photograph from a different angle. You think, Christ, how did I think of that? Yeah. Get them either down low or shooting through something or whatever. And then you start thinking, well, I can't go to that exact same spot now and post it like a day later because they're going to know I've literally ripped that off. But um, it's just trying to get out that cycle of, you know, just trying to get back into the fun of it, but there's been times where you just think that burnout creeps in. You just think, oh, can, can I be chewed? I'd rather just have the free time yeah, to to make the most of it before, you know, whether it's the football season picking back up or, you know, just all something to spark that, you know, enthusiasm to think, right, I need to get back out and get out there and start doing more street stuff or whatever subject you're very interested in. Oh, God, yeah. I, yeah, I think, it, I think once you get out that little rut, and you, you know, it, it might just take one little night session to get out of that little funk. And then you're kind of just like, all oh, right, okay. So I'm not completely burnt out here. I'm just, I've just hit the reset button. And that's, a, you know, putting the camera away could be one way of dealing with it. Or just, you know, wait until you get that little urge, like that, that little niggling, like that little niggling thought in the back of your mind to think, go on, get yourself out and... Get yourself out and just get, go and take some pictures of the sunset. Go on, it'll be worth it. Go on, um, yeah, I know what you mean. It, it it it's really funny. Like when I, when I come to dealing with with, with burnout, like for that, like I kind of just put the camera away. I just put the cat, just put the camera away, and and just don't look at it. The same with the drone, don't look at it, um, because when I've made videos in the past, when I've like I used to make YouTube videos, it's embarrassing and cringy. I know, feel <laughs> feel free to judge. Um, because I'm judging. <laughs> so, like, I used to for I used to force myself to make a video every weekend, and I could I could tell it used to drive me ex me ex wife potty, because she obviously you know we'd both work all week, um, and you know the weekend would be the time where we'd, we'd go for a walk with a dog and etc. But I used to just get my camera out and go for a run and just you know just try and make and spend all weekend editing. And that was a, a one way of burning out as well, which I've not mentioned is when I used to make running videos. I used to edit all weekend. So I'd like work all week, pretty much seven days a week, but not get paid for two days. <laughs> so, <laughs> but then like for, for what, for me, I feel quite lucky that I found things like running, golf, um, 
we are at golf. I'm stupidly obsessed with it. I'm stupidly obsessed with it at the minute. Um, and having those things and making videos about golf and just trying something different. Um, and having so like I know it's you know it's a bit hypocritical. Um, way I'm saying I, I put the camera down, but I'll take a camera out to go film some golf things. But when you've got a new creative spark, it's quite hard to not take a camera if that makes sense. Like I like making reels on me golf channel and I like making funny clips and taking nice pictures of golf courses. It's just nice. Um, but when I'm not, when the camera is down, it's down. Like I have no interest in whatsoever. If I'm, if I'm in a rut, I, and you know, same when I come to editing, I have got absolutely no interest. If I can't edit or I'm struggling to edit, I'll just not do it. I'll come back to it later on if there's, because there's no deadline on my behalf. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can easily put a sunset picture out whenever I want because there's no deadline or no time limit unless it's a, a blood sky, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's got to be like, at one point I was going out just taking virtually anything of anything, really. And now it's kind of like more being kind of cautious to choose carefully how you want a certain image to look where you look at the sky and if it's not a cloud the sky it's like well i'm gonna have to compensate like you know some compensate for something else here to make the image a lot better without just focusing on just a, a plain blue sky you know so like it's, it's for me now especially about landscape it's got to be like it's got to look the part rather than just like kind of forced and posing something just for the sake of art i'm still here i'm still in the background doing something yeah i mean just for example the other night um you know, it's not the most exciting thing that's now hit the city, but we've just got a 600-space multi-storey car park. Oh, I saw, I saw. Down um, near the city centre on Farringdon Road, um, and apparently it, it lights up at night and certain colours and stuff, which I'd always, I always didn't stay down that late for that long to see it, but it was like kind of, again, just to get out and do something, I thought. Well, it's something fresh, you know, yeah. it's not exactly like an amazing landscape or whatever but our city over the next five or so years is going to look so completely different to what we've seen over the past year 20 or 30 so it's all new and fresh coming to the city i'm so excited to see the development of all the new businesses and you know everything that's going to come with it it's it's so i can't wait but i just like to get out and think right i'll send the drone up we'll have a good you know a nice sunset i'm thinking as i'm flying across i'm thinking oh, why am I taking a photograph of a multi-story car? <laughs> like, no one's going to be arsed wanting to see this. But I, th I thought, well, possibly the regular viewer who watches whatever I do or whatever, maybe not, but from a, like a, you know, a business side perspective, you just never know if you're going to post that photo and it goes around the various circles in the city. You know, business owners or you know, whether it's someone in the council or anything like that might come across what you're doing and like the visual or that, and that could open a door to say, oh, well, we've got this new building to get, you know, somewhere else in the city or whatever. Would you be able to take some aerial shots of, of our building or the businesses? And then you just think, it's little things like that. We think, yeah, maybe kind of to everyone else a boring multi-story car park. I don't think you're going to get anyone really interested in it. But if you kind of, Get a good visual of it and post it you just again you, you might trigger someone who thinks oh i like that could we have a conversation and see where we can go from this and again it could open a, a door where before you've even thought you've got the drone you, th you could be thinking oh it could be a complete waste of time here 
Yeah. But doing something like that could, um, you know, spark something where, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, from now I'm going to start taking photographs of multi stop your car parks, you know, because um, just with you saying you've just obviously getting involved with the golf stuff now and you're really enjoying it, it's like, you know, you'd rather focus your time on something you really enjoy rather Absolutely. than just, just doing something for the sake of, oh, I've got to take a photograph of something just to keep busy. It's, um, it's yeah, it's, it's the challenge that do come with that. Yeah, I, I, it, it's known, and it, you know, for people who are listening to this who may have not yet experienced a burnout or may have started to feel a bit like a, you know, they either just start taking pictures of the phone and they're just like, oh, I'm not getting much traction on social media and, you know, um, or I'm just, you know, I'm taking all these pictures and I don't know what to do with them and, you know, should I make a page or not and I'm just bored. Um, first and foremost, as a social media person, just keep posting, right? Um, it does not matter if you get like five likes or 10,000 likes, you know, if you're putting it out there for people to enjoy, then that's all that matters. Um, also, as a social media person, if you want to make a page, then make a page. Um, you know, no one's going to judge you. Um, it's only down to yourself to, to, to make one if you want, if you're confident enough. If not, just keep posting on your per personal stuff. And if you haven't experienced a burnout, um, then don't feel like you should have a burnout on purpose. You'll know when it comes, and then it's just down to you how to how to deal with the, with that such a burnout. Like, you know, we've, we've we've talked about how we deal with it. Like, if it's just been stepping away from something completely, or even from the camera itself, or doing a hobby that you 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 used to doing, or discovering a hobby which you're not used to doing, or just doing something completely different in terms of creativity. Um, that that's that's for, for my advice with you know as someone who's probably just had more burnouts than I can count on my hands you know what I mean like just it's um especially after lockdown when you you know when you you're forcing yourself to go out once that once a day when you're allowed to God there wasn't the days weren't there one 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 ec one form of exercise a day there was not one person doing one exercise a day but I'm not gonna go into that because that was just horrific times horrific <laughs> times. What it? it was just so bad, like oh, it was so like, bad. It was for me, like you say, just like the, the creative mind just to try and think. I've got four walls. I know. Clean them. What can I do? To, like, I know. You know, can to I try to keep this thing going? And <laughs> like, I had us outside at one point in the garden, thinking like I, I just need to kind of like practice on something here. So I'm like. Look at me inside, like the garden. There's barely any decent, like flowers, and I'm like, oh, this is until I take photographs of flowers, you know. This weed like, looks really good to like, this, this yeah. one potato dandelion looks mint. I'll take a picture of this, like fucking hell. <laughs> I think I'm like, I get pretty much. I just really crap flowers in the garden, <laughs> thinking like everything. I've got. I'm, I'm take one back in the house now and back in the um the card at the computer. I'm like sitting there going, I can't believe I might try to. Just highlights and contrast and everything on a, <laughs> on a buttercup or something. Just, that's what it's come to. And like, I know that that's probably when you get the, the burnout sending you loopy, you know, like it's really like taking its toll. But um, yeah, with, with regards to the, the advice you were saying, I think when you, you'll know when you've hit a burnout. Yeah. Um, it, it depends. It's different for everyone. Some people can really find it difficult to get back out of that burnout hole. Some people can just shrug it off and a couple of days break and they're back to normal. It's fine. Um, I suppose everyone's different. It just depends what's going on in your personal and home life. Yeah. That you can, can get that balance fine because say some people can excel at that type of stuff, just switch off, no problem, and then 
everything's right with the world but there's others who just just take it on the shoulders and it, it gets eventually too much to handle where they think they've got everything under control yeah but again it's like that saying the straw that breaks the camel's back like one yeah. little thing could trigger yeah and then you just think the whole world comes crashing down you just think i don't want even so much as look at a camera it's, it can be really yeah it's it's there's been nights where you don't even sleep you're just staring at the ceiling going like because you're just overthinking i need to get this project done or yeah. whether something's being said that's knocked your confidence or whatever it's like those things can possibly play on other people's minds whether if you're very if someone has said something to you i mean i've had stuff said to me over the past and you just it's water from ducks back so oh god yeah like we've all been there you, you, there's, there's that many people in the world there's even the most successful people in the world have people who hate them so it's like it's as if like oh there's everyone who's got everything going well for them they're not like they get away from all the um the hate that people get so yeah there's been times where someone said to me oh i don't like what you've done in this photo or you're not good at this or whatever i'm just like at the end of the day like if you're going to spend time wanting to waste your time in the day saying if you don't like my stuff i'm like i'm just not bothered yeah same <laughs> like like, like I've, you see all the comments on across like socials where there's a lot of like videos or photos i'm not particularly keen on not so much i'm sitting there going like oh this is shite this or you know i hate this person or, i hate that what they're doing i'm just like i've got probably that much going on in my own life i think why what's going to make it any better for me comment on a photo saying to any lad or lass or anything just saying excuse me but you i don't like your photo it's shit yeah. in the story i don't like how you've edited it i don't like this it's just like i just scroll on because i have not the time to waste to think what what good's that going to do me where i'm going to get a, a, an argument with someone who's they think they're happy with their work what good if it's going to be me of like wanting to shit on their day yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally just... agree. No, I totally agree. I think, sorry, I, I, I just totally agree. Like, I don't go out and I don't, it, it just, it, this is, what I like to say is people being people. People have got, like, some people have got, you know, there's some, don't get us wrong, the majority of people who, when I do post, are lovely with the comments or, you know, I, I really do appreciate when people just like a picture. I don't do it for, for any kind of attention. I've mentioned before I'm a bit of an introvert, so posting things out there, it, like particularly now, is a bit cautious because I'm wary of this. I always get the feeling that you know there's other people are better than me, and I'm trying to overcome that because everyone's different in their own way. Um, but for me, like you know, if someone's like this picture is absolutely shite, I'm like, all right, fair enough. It's your opinion. I'm not here to please everyone. Shrug my shoulders. If that was me ten years ago. I'd be like, you're wrong, you're shit, your face is shit, like, you crack shit, like, who do you think you are, and, you know, my back would be up, and I'd be so temperamental, and just be, like, reactive, and, like, sharing it on social media, going, look at this absolute twat who's just been an absolute bellend and ruining me, nah, man, I haven't got time for that now, like, age is, age is brilliant when you get older, not when you wake up with, like, bad backs, and, and you know, and your knee cracks in certain places, obviously, um, or you know you lose your hair like you know like stuff like that but you kind of like deal with shit like that like you kind of just like go alright fair enough you said water off the duck's back you're like alright fair enough I'm not here to please everyone crack on pal that's the thing I've like there's been you know over the course of time whether it's any photo or it's landscape or sport or whatever I mean even more so doing stuff like sullen photos occasionally you're going to get the odd mag who just pops up randomly 
Um, and then I told her something, it's like, oh, we're tune tune. I'm like, oh, could you be arsed, man? I don't no. want to be weird, like, on looking at Newcastle or Middlesbrough or any other team where I'm thinking, it's got nothing to do with me, whatever they're doing. I'm like, I, I need to put something close on here because I just think I could do that, but then I'm opening myself up to a pile on of, you know, opposing fans or whatever. Mm. I just think, like, I haven't got time to sit here and, like, deal with all that shit. People want to come on mine and say, oh, you, I don't like this landscape shot or this particular player or whatever. I'm just like, like, what are you telling me for? Like, nice. it's, it's not going to make, make me go, right, I am stopping this. I'm already in a bit of a burnout. I'm going to stop it. You've got, again, you're pushing me to the... the yeah. <laughs> I just think, all right, well, whatever. Yeah. Like, you do you, mate. If that's the case, crack on. But uh, it's yeah. not going to have a... I've, I found that way as I've got older, like you say, when you're probably young, you just think, oh, the fuck's this saying this? Yeah. Like, I try and, like, repost back, but now I'm just like, oh, I've got just... It's got no time. I'd rather time. focus on the positive side of energy rather than just like having been that negative cycle. Because if you get found in that negative, but I know we're going to touch upon a, another yeah. episode that yeah. dives into negativity. But to get back on the burnout side, it's like you don't want to kind of get trapped in that cycle of the negative nah. where it gets well into the burnout where it gets really like not so much, I want to say the word depressing, far from it, but it gets you into like your creative mind just kind of drains and you just don't want to be doing this anymore yeah like for me like you don't don't let user 36922 underscore kiss kiss um put you down like just just don't react to it man like obviously like let let people let people have the moments and you just do you but hopefully that'll be some kind of like guidance for people for, for going forward yeah i mean i know there's um you know when we first initially started talking about doing this podcast and um a bit of keen interest from you know photographers who are sports obviously saying i'm thinking about doing a podcast it's going to talk about both our um challenges we face with football everything else that goes with and all the other subjects but when in terms of like anyone who's starting off like coming as a beginner where they've got you know they've already a cheap camera or anything and the, the, the kind of the fear of going forward my advice would be just look like until you find your particular niche that you want to focus on a certain subject, whether it's street or wildlife or anything, just as long as you're happy with doing what you're doing, then, you know, everything else will come with it. But don't so much focus on the negativity because you, you're not going to please everyone. As I say, the most successful people in life get all their critics on a daily basis. As long as you're having fun and enjoying what you're doing, that's like half the battle you can you know you'll still have that drive to want to go out and take photographs of anything just um don't focus on the negativity as much because that will entwine have a drain on you to feel that burnout just trying not so much to be all happy and positive all the time but as long as you're still having fun doing what you're doing you'll keep away from that burnout phase because you'll be just on that much of a buzz you just you know you're riding that wave of a from the creative side of it no i agree and i think it's probably the best way to tail off going to the next part of the podcast you know like i think um you just i can't add to that because what you just said there is just absolutely spot on so what we're going to do is like over last week myself and ross put the feelers out for some questions and i'll be honest uh i didn't think we'd get any because you know we're two episodes in i was uh, we shooting way above the bar in terms of um reach but we have had questions 
Um, and we've had one question. I'll not say the full name. I'll just call Kyle. Um, and this one goes to, to both of us, I would imagine. See, um, best match you've ever photographed at in terms of atmosphere and in photos? So for me, I mean, for the games, I've enjoyed there's been some great wins, whether it's been last minute or, you know, we've just dominated the game. Um, but the one game in particular where I kind of thought, like, this is the wow factor, it was the playoff home game against Sheffield Wednesday last season. So you think, oh, this season you've actually seen all this amazing football being played and the, how fresh it's been. But for me, it was kind of known if we do the biz there, the home game, we've got a good chance of going to the away leg. Thankfully, we won and ended up going to Wembley and the rest is history. But to be kind of going into that high stakes game where it's going to be a massive crowd, you know, evening game. Um, I recorded a video of it, it's kind of showing like a behind the scenes thing. Because um, one of the things I was hoping to do going into the, the football was doing something fresh where you do like a POV side of it, where I'd, I'd attach a GoPro to my chest and I'd record how I'm seeing things from my point of view from the start of a game all the way through to give people an idea to say this is what you'll see from my view, how I go about my, you know, before a game getting photographs of the crowd and this, that and the other. But like that build up where you'll see the displays getting unveiled and the players coming out with the fire, like all that and then walking to the south stand, hear the noise. And then, I mean, the game obviously only finished one nil, so it yeah. wasn't exactly like a barn burner where it's like, you know, 4-4 four, four and everyone's on the edge of the seat sort of thing. But for the atmosphere alone and to score right in front of me, and again, I suppose if you watch the video I've got on my YouTube channel, just search for my name, you'll find it. Um, just watch it back, because I think even when you hear the, the video, like, the, the noise doesn't do it justice. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that ball wasn't the most... Um, exciting game for the photo side of it the atmosphere was just like wow being on the track ahead of the, the crowd you hear everything it's just one of the best games i've been to and had a privilege just to be able to capture the photos for the club and doing what i was doing that year and um, in terms of the photos i'd probably see most likely the borough game um, again just everything fell into like spot on time and positioning wise especially with um, Diallo scoring right in front of me down the barrel of the lens. It was just one of those days where everything clicked. It couldn't have gone better result-wise. Obviously, it was a full ground. You name it, it was just one of those like amazing days. And I think those are the rewarding ones where you spend time doing this, where when it all clicks, you're just like, oh, I can't get better than this. But yeah. then I suppose it will. If you go up higher in the leagues, you can, you know, you do even on a bigger scale. But for them days where you just think, I can't believe I'm actually doing what I love doing, but I'm surrounded by, you know, in a place where I'm so content, where everything's going so well. You just can't bottle that um, feeling. But if it's what you did, you'd be you'd make a fortune off it, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, video wise, um, video wise, definitely between the games against you. What I mentioned in the podcast a couple of episodes ago. Um, going to the FA Trophy and the FA Cup first proper, almost getting the first proper round, just experiencing that, and also the Northumberland Cup where I was like, well into the depth of St James's Park and just 
being in a stadium kind of thinking this is what I want to do um, and filming like all the behind the scenes stuff and the interviews and just being part of the side, being on the grass, on the turf, you know, walking across that penalty spot where Sorensen saved it from Shearer and just, you know, having a few digs with my mates, you know, in the, in the WhatsApp group, just like, oh, isn't it Shearer missed a penalty? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, that for video wise for me, but photo wise, I haven't had it yet. I haven't had it yet. Um, I haven't had that moment that you've had where you've been at a ground and the when you've been taking pictures like having Ahmed just looking through the, the just directly at your lens and you're capturing that that once in a lifetime moment or you know once in a once in a blue moon kind of thing. Um, I haven't had it yet. If I'm honest, if I'm openly honest with him, people might think, "Oh bloody hell, yeah, you must have had it." I haven't. I generally haven't had it. Even with Morbeth, yeah, and it's not that's not a dig at Morbeth. And if Ross is listening to this or Shorzy is listening to this, he's going to have my life on the team bus. Even Lynchy, God, um, <laughs> I haven't had it yet. I haven't had that moment where I've thought, "Fuck, that was that was it. That was me moment." So I'm kind of waiting for that, and I, I don't know when I'll get it. But obviously, I will know. But I don't know when I'll get it yet. Again, whether there's something like for me where something might eclipse that, where I thought, oh, at the time, oh, I thought that was like, you know, the be all end, or where some of the opportunity might come to think, oh, well, this is even better because, you know, eventually something will may come better or beyond that. But if I was like, kind of say, I'm not going to do this anymore, and that's the last time I'm doing this, to say I've had, at least I've had that moment. Of yeah. Him staring straight down right in front of me, where, yes, there was other photographers kind of. Not right on top of me, but the word the more on an angle where he's literally looking straight at me. It's kind of like you've got to you want to get like a split seconds before he's going to run back off to the center yeah. circle. You've already got a, a, a small window to get this uh, captured. And when it did happen, it was kind of like as everyone there walk, walking back to the center circle, and the fans are still jumping all over each other. You're all kind of quickly flashing through, praying everything's in focus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you, and then you, when you see that, it's kind of like it also just goes silent because you're just that zoned out thinking I've, I'm so like happy with what I've got here yeah. I cannot wait to be able to share this and especially you know if the correspondent player responds to it and they're over the moon seeing that it's kind of like it's the them little bit of extras on top of what you're happy with so it's, you've already got the reward of that but it's the recognition of said player or you know fans or anything like they all shared it it's just like it's just a it's just it does give you so much confidence that i can't wait for like the next opportunity for all that comes with this um but if obviously from your side of things if you haven't experienced that you know going into this season with it being a fresh one there could be the opportunity where the players could be bombing towards you when they celebrated or you've timed it where the players scored like an overhead kick and you've froze the time to get that you know, you've got that opportunity where it could happen and then you just know when you think, yes, this is it. This is the one I'm so, so happy with. Just settings, lighting, everything was perfect. Yeah. It'll come, it'll come eventually. They, like the video stuff, like even just think about it now, like when the, the goalkeeper scored in the last minute, like when Dan Lawson scored in the last minute, I filmed that and I didn't know how to control myself. Um, or when players run towards you, and that, that's the one thing I've asked the players to do. In fair play, they've done it. Like it's took a while, but I'd imagine when you celebrate, it's not the first thing you think of. I was like, oh shit, I need to run at the camera. Like you know, when you score a goal, eh? But like fair play, I've got a couple of like players running towards the camera and celebrating. That's all I want. 
But photo wise, yeah, like, it'll come. I'm not looking for it. I'm not forcing it. Like if yeah. it'll happen, it'll happen, and it'll catch us by surprise. And I know when it'll happen, um, because it'll just you know you'll zo- like what you did with with Ahmed is just, you'll just zone out. You're in a bubble, and you're just thinking, I've just, I'm I'm gonna ride this for a little bit, and then I'm gonna go back to it. So it'll come. Um, so the next question I've got here for you, Ross, was is from um, Cook1985. I hope you don't mind us reading your name out there, Cook. Um, photos under floodlights. We, we talked about this in the last episode, but you broke off and we lost it. Uh, yeah. Photos under the floodlights, not great light coverage. It's not. It's 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 the devil's season uh, for football and any kind of sport uh, in that. What settings would you both recommend? Um, can I take the lead on this one just to, to get the... Yeah, share your experience first, mate. Go for it. Um, for me... Uh, Ross, jump in if I'm talking about bollocks, by the way. Uh, for me, it has to be lens. First and foremost, lens is the most important thing for me. I've mentioned I had a, war, I had a 55 to 250 lens, I think it is. Um, the F-stop, um, it starts at 5 and goes up. So basically, if you go into a, a poorly lit, non-league ground... Um, you're fighting uh, a horrible battle and you have to put your ISO up to as high as it'll go. And unfortunately, that'll bring things like noise where it looks like your photos have got loads of like colorized pixels on it and it looks grainy. And you have to, if you go on Lightroom, you can fix it, but it looks weirdly arty, if you know what I mean, if that makes sense, where it just looks like really buttered, like overly buttered. Um, it, when you look at a face, you can just tell. Um, so for me, the first thing you have to start off with, Cook uh, or Cookie, I call you Cookie. You probably get called that. Is find a lens that's for me to one point eight, two point eight upwards, because I think you can kind of get away with having more light coming to the lens, and it is a bit more expensive. But we mentioned episode two where you know there's websites out there like MPB, Wex, um. London Camera Exchange, where you can go in and get a, a quite a decent lens for for little to almost nothing in terms of pre-owned stuff. Um, that's where I would start personally in terms of settings. Um, I try to keep it in around eight to a thousand on the shutter speed, um, just because players are moving constantly. So I, I kind of want to capture them moving and not have it blurred. Sometimes if I'm feeling um, a bit artistic or a bit fancy, I'll I maybe lower it a bit more so it comes it captures that like blurred effect where you can get the face in focus, but the body looks like it's mo- moving so fast. Um, so that for me, that's that's where I would start off with me. ISO is going to be high regardless and floodlit stuff, and it obviously depends on what the grounds like. If for yourself, if you've been to like the cinema light Ross, where well, I let you talk about this actually. Well, go on, you you you. I'll, I'll not spoil it for you. Go on, Ross. You you take the lead for this one as well. Yeah, I mean, I remember my first football game I did a grass by a mate of our cover. I think it was a Bolden FC, just over Bolden way. Um, was it one of their Sunday league games? And I think it was like an evening game. First chance to do this, I thought, well, if it's going to be a, a game I'd rather cover, it'd be at the, like, a much lower level. But I say the, the, the Sigma 150 is 600 lead, I believe. It's, is it started? Is it, I don't know if it's 5.6 or something that starts the aperture. Could be wrong. I should know it, but if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Um, and again, they've got floodlights, but again, you from the visually to the from the eye, you can think, oh, it's, you know, it's quite bright here. But then you look through the camera and you're like, there's barely any light coming in this lens at all. 
And then you think, if I want to have a, a shutter speed of, like, say, one over a thousand or one over twelve, I want to say one thousand two hundred and fifty. Mm. That's kind of maybe go between like sweet spot. Even in the stadium on a night game or the stadium of light, it's sometimes not the best because you've got a cranky ISO up. Um, that's if it's like a free phone game. Um, you can obviously bring your shutter speed down a lot more if it's a stationary situation where it's going to be a free kick or a corner kick where players are kind of getting in the position. You've got that time to drop your shutter speed if you want to also bring down your ISO. But evening games, I suppose it depends what you want to capture. If it's the free flowing game, you either, if you haven't got the luxury of spending thousands on a, you know, say, a, for example, a 300mm f2.8 or the same like 400mm equivalent, uh, which I've been looking the data price up and just, ugh, it's upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the price that comes up, but if you can't obviously stretch your budget that way, um, I th- again, it depends on the situation. If you're planning on doing the, the, the full game where the players are running around and trying to get tackles and everything, then unfortunately, you're gonna have to boost your eyes. So it's depending on what corresponding lens you've got, if especially you want a high shutter speed. But if you just want to get some quick photos of you know, a player taking a throw in or whatever you've got more opportunity to drop your shutter speed in that respect. Something maybe is, I don't know, one, on, one over 800 or possibly even less one, just to, you know, it's, if you're not bothered about the ball being a blur, but you want to capture the players in motion, then generally one, on, one over 500 would probably be a good spot. But I mean, my goal between is literally one over 1,000 or one yeah i think there's a, there's a sweet spot for certain stadiums isn't there now stadia if you want to be plural <laughs> please don't switch off i just like i, I sound like a right p- p- pretentious prat there sound like a right plural and stadia please don't switch off please continue to listen <laughs> I, I, I promise i'm not i'm not on my high horse i promise <laughs> we're following on from um uh Coop's post which he added he says his question again i'll throw this to you michael he says drones any recommendations for a total new star total new starter sorry to get aerial photos now you've recently well, i say recently but is it just under would it be under six months or just under a year you've got your you've had your yeah. drone yeah well in december january february march April, May, june eight months i've had it um and I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> I'm still figuring it out. Do you know what it is, right? And I don't know if I've told you this, but you're the reason I got a drone. Um, just some of the stuff you've got, I was like, this is such good shit. Um, I need to get one. So I was looking at you to be like, look up to you, and I thought, I need to get one. And then I thought way ahead thinking, God, me and Ross could be like drone buddies. And fly around <laughs> Sunday, just like, just getting loads of like, proper nerds. Um like we did, I did this with a lad called Todd when, when I do the the golf stuff with some of the golf lads I play with. Just us flying around Longhurst Golf Club with our drains next to each other, like full on like nerd now going, oh, look, we've got pictures of all each other's drones and stuff like that. I thought well, that's what we're going to do. I'm sure we'll get around at some point, but... I think we had a plan where was, when you were seeing you getting your drone, I said, oh, we'll, we'll make it like a night where we'll go down like Shales or whatever. We'll all like sort all in with it and we'll just never... Never happened. Life. Nah, that's just, just life got in the way, I suppose, and just, yeah. just timing and stuff like that, unfortunately. But I'm sure we'll get around it. Now that we've got like the longer days and the sunsets, I'm pretty sure we'll get around at some point. Yeah. Um, so the, the drone itself you're using, uh, what, what's your go-to? Like, what's your kit you've got at the moment? It's a DJI Mavic A2 um and i I bought that 
the thing is, I know that drones are a very touchy subject because of the, how expensive they are. And I know that some people just will go for the cheap option, which is fine. You've got to start somewhere. I'll never condone anyone for wanting to go to a, a very, very, very basic one. But if you want to get the proper punchy uh, 4K, unbelievable pictures that, you know, you'll see from Ross's page, like from the stadium and the, the different points of view is you have to possibly get a DJI model. And I think mine's a Mavic Air 2. Um, I bought it secondhand from um, a lad called Stevie Parkin from Morpeth. And he was like, I bought it. I've used it like twice uh, since lockdown. Like one of those lockdown purchases that you, you buy, but you don't really need. Oh, there's loads. Oh, yeah. Sort of you always see them like on the marketplace, you know, like unwanted Christmas present or yeah. unwanted birthday or just yeah. like, I thought I was going to get into it, but realized I could not be arsed with them. Nah. Carry on with it. So it's, it's, it's again, it's one of them things you've got to either be all in or nothing. Um, even this time I don't use it as much, but it's just nice to know, oh, it's there if I need to get some, like, visual of the sky video or whatever, but other things it's opened the doors for. But um, you're, you're seeing using DJI. I, I use the same. I started off with um, the DJI Mini 2. Uh, it'd been out for a while, but again, that opened the door for me, thinking I don't have to go above, like, the weight restriction, yeah. all the passes and courses you have to take if you want to have a excuse me, a much heavier drone. I thought that would be ideal for me because, again, it's, I'm fresh into it. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it. It could be just a wild purchase to realise I can't fly the bloody thing. Um, you know, it's just not for me. Um, but I didn't realise how relatively easy it was to fly. I'm thinking you see, you're, people have seen these around about Christmas time. You always see them stores where they're having these little toy helicopters. And you kind of fly them, they're impossible. The guys on the store, he's got it nailed, but you have a go and they're just so wild, you can't control them. I just thought all drones are like this. You're going to take, I need to be like a pilot to let yeah. me control that. But I found with like, getting it up in the air, how relatively easy again, watching so many videos beforehand before you can fly in it to get an idea of um, what to do and what not to do. But uh, Mini 2 was great for that, uh, it served its purpose. Um, the weight and everything where you can fly a lot more unrestricted areas obviously not seeing or going by it and fly it next to newcastle airport don't do it <laughs> don't, don't, don't do, prison or anything like do that. not do, do it because there's apps that can help you with that regard to see where you yeah. can and can't fly but um the mini 2 is great because the mini 3 is, is out now it's been out for about a year or so or, or just under possibly um so the mini 2 obviously price has dropped um i would say depending on your budget if you're just looking to start off, go with the Mini 2 and get the Fly More Pack with the extra batteries. Yeah. Because one battery will not last 20 minutes. Especially, especially if you're flying in sport mode to get it in a position. It will be, no sooner you've got up, you think I'm going to have to bring it back down. Yeah, so I agree. The fly, the fly More Kit's an essential bit just to get a couple extra batteries. So you've got that peace of mind. You could have at least, you know, three quarters of an hour's worth of flight time just to have a bit of fun with it. Yeah. Um, but if you can stretch, obviously, your budget. Um, the Mini 3 is spot on because not only does it give you the, a lot more perks to what the Mini 2 has, but you can also switch it to vertical mode for you know your content on social media, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. Um, whether it was dubbed as like the drone that was perfect for those things, then mm-hmm. you know if you want to get more, be more serious with what you're doing, um, then obviously the Mavic series again, depending on what your budget is, you can go up to crazy amounts, four figures to some amazing drones. But with that comes obviously the weight restrictions yeah. and 
everything else. So yeah, I, for me, I would say if you just want to start off and your budget can stretch, get the Mini 3 Pro if you can. But if you can't get the Pro version with the integrated control of the screen, uh, you can get the other version where you can connect your mobile phone to it and use that instead. Uh, so again, just work with your budget. But I'd say if you can get one, the Mini 3 Pro is what I'm using and it's served as well. I'm, I've been I've used it for the the Sun and Slide Die Netflix documentary. That's been the drone I you think I'll be using something more higher end prestige. That's basically the drone I've been using for that series. So uh, and they were very happy with the footage. So as long as they're happy with right. it, then it, it served its purpose. Well, that, that's that's saying something. If if, it, if it's worked for a, a production media production company like seventy three, um, then yeah, you I think you're fine with that. Like I'm 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 no. I'm not. I've only been using that drone for eight months, and I'm, you know, I mentioned I'm still figuring it out, and I'm, I'm making it up as I go along. Um, but Ross has already mentioned like they are very, very, very easy to get your head around. Just there's even things like I did. What what Ross did best is once I got something new, I just threw myself at YouTube and just learned the fundamentals, learned how what apps to use. Even Ross, when I asked Ross about, oh, I'm gonna get a drone. Is there anything I can use in terms of apps and he was great. He was saying, get this app, get this app, get this app. And I did it. Uh, got the drone and realized that um, I have to take an exam. I have to get a license because of the weight issue. Mine was the heavier aspect of it. So I had to do an exam. I had to do like, you have to get a license, um, which I thought would be a bit daunting, but it's, it's very common sense based exam. And they literally give the answers as you're doing the exam. Um, and once you get that, you pay £10 for the year, which is fuck all, really, to be fair. And it's it's legit. And so, like, if I ever get stopped by, say, like, the police and touch wood, it never happens. But if they say, oh, some car's gone mental here. You have to cut this bit out, Ross. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's something in the background. Uh, was, that was like, I, I thought someone was knocking on my window, but it was a car popping. Uh, it was, all right. Um, but if, like, you know, for instance, for instance, if I did get stopped by the police and touch wood, it never happens. I can just produce my license. Say, look, I've, I've got, I've got a license. If I, if I'm not allowed to drone around here, I apologize. I'll take it down. But I, I have got a license. Um, so that's that's comfort in mind. But I think you're more likely to like buy by where if someone oh, yeah. is unsure. Like I've never had. I've had more people come up to me like, oh, you're flying a drone. That's like, you know, it's cool. Like, can you tell us more about? It? I'm thinking to get one myself. I've never had a an experience where you've had like the drone police coming over someone who hasn't got a clue. But then at the same time, I don't fly like around my house to basically bring attention to where someone's going to complain. Yeah. Most of the time I'm flying it knowing that's in a, you know, safe environment or, um, or high enough where no one's really going to know there's a drone there. Um, but again, everyone's situations could be different where you might have someone who's really just don't like them and you could have on your case. As long as for that, going back to the Mini 3, it comes under that um, 250 gram category just under. Mm. So you, you can get away with a lot more in terms of where you can can fly compared to anything above that yeah. where there's certain classes where you, you, you sh you're okay to fly. But if you'll see, I'm not saying do it far from it, but I know there's obviously people who do just run the risk of flying there. Um, again, if you get caught, then that's on you. You right. should obviously know. So it's just, you, you'll you'll probably have to swat up and learn a bit more on the drone you're buying and what you where you can and can't fly. But there's a lot of uh, YouTube channels out there who've dedicated the time to put together like videos explaining the classes and yeah. it's not information overload, but 
if you want it to be more high end, you're going to have to expect to do a lot more courses and everything to go with it. But for a recreational flying and fun element of it, um, the Mini Three is um, one. What I will say that on this to wrap it up is sometimes you have to spend big to look good, and it's that's not to to sound arrogant or to come across as an arse, but for like for myself and Ross who are trying to like push on and try be as 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 good as we can be, we've had to make that, that little bit of a realization and of like we have to spend big to to get to where we are now, but also going ahead. Um, but for anyone just starting, what Ross has mentioned there, just get yourself on the map in terms of like if it's a drone, get the cheap drone you is as cheap as a drone you can get, preferably DJI because that's the company to go with. Um, I'm not familiar with any other drone brands other than DJI, um, but that for me is yeah. You, there'll be a point, there'll be a crossroads where you have to spend big, a little bit. You have to invest, and that's how you've got to see it. It's not a it's not a thing to be like, oh, I'm just going to spend over a thousand pounds on this drone because Ross and Michael told me to. It'll be like, I'm going to spend a thousand pounds because I want to be a good aerial photographer or I want to make 4K videos about where I live or I just want to take it out for a spin and, you know, film the Baines football games or netball games or runs and stuff like that. So there'll be, be a crossroads, but. I think that'd be a nice way to wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, before we do, I, I, I did say I would get two final questions in. And that's what go on then. Briefly, uh, some, but there's, um, there's two to go. There's one, obviously, I will finish off on, but the, the one previous that um, uh, from X Casey Milner X, she asked, um, what got you into the football side of the photography? Uh, the quickly side of it is obviously just, you know, you're following, I've been a Southern fan all my life, and to be able to dabble into that, doing crossover with the photography was kind of like I always thought it was never going to be like that would be too far away in terms of ever getting the foot in the door with that but to cross them both over it's like it's, it's one of the better combinations to do really yeah um, or even just sport in general whether it doesn't have to be football it could be cricket it could be any particular like you see yourself with golf if you're doing two things at the same time you enjoy you know you, it doesn't feel like you're working you're just, you're just having so much fun that side of it so the idea of getting the, the football was always kind of maybe one day if it happens, but to happen so relatively quickly, I would say if anyone is thinking about doing sports photography, don't think you have to think, oh, it has to be, you know, the main team, because I would have probably gone into it at some point anyway, whether I was doing like Sunday League or a local team and myself. It's just that getting better at the craft of it and the practicing where, again, you just never know what door it could open. My advice would be just to get out there and just push yourself to something. Have that freedom where you may not be in a full-time role doing this, but use that free time on a weekend or whatever, uh, or contact clubs to say, look, I'm you know, I'm just starting off. Maybe you're okay if I bring my camera in the game and share the photos thereafter. Some clubs would be more than happy to, to have that, you know, just something to post for their socials. Um, I would just say go out and do it. I mean, what's your experience? What football football um kind of like had like a family that was something mad um so that you know that my first real memory of putting a football shirt on was the unfortunate event that was the 4-4 playoff against charlton with mickey gray mr penalty um and i had the is it the avec 
uh, with a brewery sponsor. It was 1997 home shirt that I got put on. It was the Lanterns one because it was the, the gold one at that. Um, no, it was the, against Charlton. So it was the gold one before that, then maybe, maybe before that. Um, I just remember being a ridiculously oversized. Um, as they always were, as they always were yeah. Like, like down, I thought I was wearing a dress at one point. Um, that was my first real memory. First game was uh, Sunderland v Chelsea in nineteen ninety eight, where Kevin Phillips scored that unbelievable goal. What a what a game to go to, by the way, for your first game as a kid. <clears throat> Saying that, I in, was there, mate, southwest corner. Yeah, uh, the Premier Concourse just got a lush view of the dip and over Ed Dehoy. Um. And then, like that, that was my earliest memory of football. I played, like, um, like seven aside and school football team. Photography wise, again, it, um, I didn't really pick it up until I joined Morpeth. I never took any like non-league pictures. I never went and I was very video focused at that point. Um, so Morpeth was my first real stint in in sports photography. That like you kind of opened my eyes a little bit to it. Um, but. You know, I'm all. You know, I've I've covered. I would love to do things like for me, the the possibilities the possibilities are endless when you get started because it's not just football that I want to do. I'd love to do cricket, even though I'm not a big cricket fan. I would love to do it, um, even as for like a local side or you know, I've done rugby. I've covered the Newcastle Thunder. That was fantastic and, um, golf. I'd love to do got got golf's up there with the goals. If I get to do a PGA event, I'd be absolutely buzzing off me face. If I got to do that, uh, yeah, like even like things like not snooker because I'm not a fan of snooker. I'm really sorry. I just can't. I just can't stand <laughs> snooker. Um, like cricket, uh, golf, football, rugby, hockey. I just daft things. I would love to do all kinds of different sports. You know what I mean? So for me, that's how I got into it. More with was the start. Um. And that what you mentioned before about get started with clubs, I can guarantee if you want to take pictures of a Sunday league club or even a non-league club like your northern like your northern leagues and your EBAC northern leagues like your like Red Star and Newcastle Blue Star I think there is and um, go and ask them if you can go and take pictures because I can guarantee you majority of them will snap your hands off for for pictures because the now and that like, majority of them have club photographers now. They will never say no to more photographers. Just, um, just, just go on and get and drink it in in terms of experience. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the best things I'd say to do if you can find any local club. Just to have that free time where you can go there. Um, even if it's just like say a Sunday league where it's not like a ground as such, where you can have more freedom just with your camera and you can go and just take photos if you want just to get better at the craft. But if there's certain like grounds you think yeah, I'm gonna have to ask permission just again it's a lot easier now social wise to contact a club compared yeah. to finding a bloody phone book or whatever you can oh, just God, you know, find them now um so it'll be it's a great thing to get just to build on it and then yeah you just never know where to go from from there and um yeah I made the final thing from me the final question of the day was from a guy called Keen.402 on Instagram he basically wants to know are Sullivan going up this season yes Next question. Yeah. Without, without any doubt from me, I'm, I'm going into this probably the more confident I've ever been, but then I look at the, the teams that are in the league and I'll get brought back down to earth. I'm thinking, oh God, it's going to be a challenging season. But in terms of, you know, if we can build on the back of last season, 
with a few new faces and the like, um, I think we'll be right up there. Whether we'll go up automatically or not, again, I have no idea. But if we can creep in again and not be hindered with any injuries or whatever, I think we've got a good chance of really pushing on. But, you know, as someone over the years, just in case you get too excited, you get brought back down to earth. Um, But I'll, I'll probably say more towards yes than no. But, uh, you never ask know. Us, ask us at the end of August. Ah, we'll yeah, we'll come back. To it. If the podcast is still going, then we'll we'll come back and we'll review and thought what the fuck were we thought thinking about there? Like, I'm hoping by that point we're like, mate, can't believe we're top of the league. I, I can't believe we're twenty, we're 20 points clear, lad. This is class. This like, <laughs> Ross Stewart scored fifty goals. Come on. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say yeah, I've got a good feeling that we'll we'll progress this season. Do possibly better. Possibly get even further if we can. But if we if we don't. We're still on kind of the, the, the track to again go up, like aim for that high. So if it's not this season, then you'll be thinking hopefully possibly next if we can, but we'll just have to see what will be will be because I don't think any Sunderland fan going into the season would just have would have thought we would have finished where we are and played the, some of the best football. You'd have been happy to finish possibly fourth off bottom just to see how to steal. Keep Jack finish where we did. Keep Jack Clark great. and we'll be all right. I think. Keep Jack Clark and we'll be okay. And bring Diallo back if we can. Oh God, I bring him back. Bring him home. <laughs> bring him home. <laughs> but yeah, but that's uh, the end of this week's episode. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope we haven't uh, talked enough shite to make you switch off. But uh, yeah, we'll catch you later and uh, see you in the next one. See you in the next episode. Ta-ra for now. <laughs> see you later, guys. Bye.